0: Seize your moment with Inglis in 2023. Australia's leading thoroughbred auctioneer. Sale catalogues online now at inglis.com.au. Live across Australia on SEN Track. Welcome Welcome to Winners with with Gareth Hall.
1: Yes, this is Winners on uh, the Saturday the 20th of May. Good morning to you listening on your local SEN Track dial right across the country. And a big hello to you wherever you may be listening. On the SEN app. Gareth Hall with you, and it is a big show coming your way. We'll be catching up with Jules Valence in just a moment for opening bell. And we're trying something a little bit different today. Well, Miles Fitzner might have inspired us yesterday on SEN track. 1300 2355 Oscar says he's got some great prizes to give away. So the best callers this morning. We'll open up the lines a little later on in this hour. If you've got a question, maybe an opinion that you want to let us know, and you might have heard some mail. Regarding today's racing, so let us know one 48 three fifty five forty eight. We'd love to hear from you, but we'll analyse all of the markets first of all around the country ahead of a big day of racing with Jules, and then we'll catch up with all of our experts a little later on. Looking forward to catching up with James Jordan to preview Goodwood Day there in Adelaide. Um, we'll preview the Morpherville card a little later on as well. Of course, it's Sturman Cup Day there today. Um, we'll have a look at that Flemington card. We're back racing at Rose Hill this afternoon. So that's good to see racing back in uh, the metropolitan part of Sydney for a Saturday afternoon. And plus there's some feature racing across the harness and also the Greyhound codes um, today and tonight. And then it's race card after 11 o'clock with Nicholas Quinn, but it's uh, three minutes past nine. You're with Gareth Hall here on winners. Thanks to Kilmore Toyota and also Picklebet. but let's get stuck into the opening bell.
0: The Opening Bell with Julian Valance and Jack Dickens.
1: Jules, good morning to you, mate. How's things on this Saturday morning? It's a wet old day in Melbourne. It's been raining all night in Adelaide. So it might be interesting to see how these tracks play in those particular states. And they tell me it's dry conditions, thank God, in Brisbane. So we're on a soft track there at the moment. But hopefully we might even get a little bit of an improvement there this afternoon ahead of the Dubin Cup.
2: Yeah, g'day, Gaz. Yeah, it's really important, I think, for the punters out there to understand that uh, Adelaide in particular has had 15 mils overnight. So um, they're on a soft seven, which I think really impacts a few of these races, probably even in particular the Goodwood with some horses that really relish a wet track and some would probably prefer a dry track. So plenty of movement. There'll be plenty of movement throughout the day once I think the bigger punters realise the times and whether they match up with the soft track stuff and, and we look at Flemington for an example. I mean, they only had two mills last night, yet they've already got it straight into a soft five, which means we're probably bordering on that already. So if they were to get, you know, another five mils or something throughout the day, then you think we're probably playing on a, a six, even a seven. So it's important uh, to work out what these times are doing, especially throughout the day, I think, guys.
1: It was been an interesting week because in at Flemington in Melbourne, we thought that we wouldn't get that rain that we got, say, last night, even today. In Adelaide, we definitely didn't think we would get that much rain. And just watching the footy last night, it started to bucket down. And they're in the deep into the soft range today. And then in Brisbane, they had some dew this morning, but hopefully it looks like it's a, a beautiful day up there in Brisbane. I'm talking to a few people up there. So hopefully it's some drying conditions there. So uh, it is going to be a, a, an interesting day for the punters, especially early doors. We might take a look at, the Doobin Cup to kick off proceedings because Zaki goes around as the short price favourite and he's odds on with most markets at the moment, Jules. How do you expect this market to play out? Because when you have a look at the speed maps here, along with the stable mate, they look to be the only horses here that can be dominating up front in, in this year's Dubin Cup.
2: Yeah, it does look that way, doesn't it? You sort of think Marion sort of drags it across from those wide gates. You think that's how it sort of settles New Merian leads. Zaki sits outside and it's where the James wants to then decide to try and wrestle that lead off New Merian, which I don't think he probably will. But what I will say is that um, you're right. He's odds on across the board everywhere now, Zaki. But if you like him and you want to find a better price than the red, you'll get it at some stage throughout betting. Now, I don't know what's going to happen in the last five or 10 minutes of betting. There could be a big crush back towards him. But at some stage throughout this day, before these gates open, he's going to get black figures. You're going to get the two ten, something like that. I think about Zaki, the way it's moving. So, how do you read uh, that
1: then, Jules? Like, uh, when do you think that will be the case, and 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 why do you suggest that we might get what 210, 220 with the champ?
2: Yeah, just from what you can see um, on the exchange right now, it's yeah. it's you know it gives you sort of really good guide for the punters out there that they're sort of new to this. That, that it gives you a good little move of where sort of horses might firm up and where horses might get a little bit soft in the market and um, so I think that's how that plays out. And and the other one that like that has been back is Numerian. So it's sort of been seventeen dollars early doors, then sort of thirteen dollars, but now eleven dollars and pretty solid that eleven dollars. So that gives us also a, a bit of a feeling of how maybe these bigger punters think this track's going to play and, and it might be that you have to be on speed, which, you know, that's no secret with Doombin, but if, you're thinking, if they're backing the leader um, in a race like this where you've got a short-price favourite, then it sort of gives the guide that, okay, throughout the day that around these circle races at but they're thinking on speed's going to be the flavour. The three-year-old, if anyone's got any interest in the three-year-old, Komalika, who's off, obviously coming off the foot abs just last week, absolutely friendless. So yeah. sort of $7, which was very skinny, put up Wednesday afternoon. Uh, now $11, and if you like it, you're going to get better than the $11. So that's the big big hole in the market that um, it looks like it's going to continue to drift.
1: And I think you make that really good point there. That's what the bigger punters are thinking. So they're backing horses on speed here, like a Numerian. And then Chris Waller's been adamant in the media that Cova they just take their medicine and they go back because they can't afford to go forward and risk having a really tough run with this Queensland Derby In seven days time. So they'll take their medicine, go back. Chris Waller did point out if he did draw well, he would be a horse that he would believe that could be right in the finish. But barrier draws and trying to read the play profiling a horse in this situation here, Jules, is, is important, I think. And you can see that the market's quickly adjusted to that.
2: Yeah, it's crucial, to be honest. I mean, you find your map and you work out where you think these horses are going to settle, especially around a track like Zoonman, which does play a certain way. I think it's a slight little edge before maybe the rest of the population do their maps and things like that. And um, Yeah, there's no doubt from this wide draw this horse is going to go back. It's not its grand final today and they've probably been building for a long time to the Queensland Derby. They've had an issue and now they've got to try and nurse him to get there. So they're chasing their tail a little bit and all they'll need now is more or less just a a bowl over run to, to, to tick him right off for the, for the Queensland Derby and hope he comes through the race today okay. I'm
1: fascinated to get your thoughts on how the market's doing with I think nearly the most interesting horse anywhere around the country this afternoon, and that's the 11 in the Dubin Cup, and it's Juaz. Now, you go back to the autumn just over 12 months ago. She was the hottest horse in this country. She won that wait-for-age contest there in, in New South Wales at Newcastle during COVID. And then she bolted home to win an Australian Cup. And then she had that heart fibrillation in the spring and nothing went right. And she just wasn't the same horse. Now, young Edward Cummings, based at Hawkesbury, didn't run her in the autumn. And then he's given her a few trials. And she is first up in the Hawkesbury Cup. And it's been fascinating listening to our experts or form gurus here on giddy up and Essie and track when I've had a chat to him this week Jules and you've got yep. Dean Watling he doesn't want a bar of duaz and then um, your great mate and Nicholas Ashman from beatenfavorite.com, he's been impressed by the trials he, he's loved what she's been able to, able to do past the line so I'm interested to see what this market does with her especially from this
2: inside gate yeah and I think that's Probably going to be a little bit in her favour. I know that she doesn't find a spot ever, but rails in run at Doomben is, you know, luxury, and the bigger players see it that way. So that's, I think, going to hold her price instead a little bit. Now, Wednesday or Tuesday, whenever these markets went up, she was $11. Now, so she's got soft from there. You can say, oh, she's 11 out to 15. But she's sort of been hovering at that 15, and it doesn't seem like there's that much big of a ceiling. I don't think you're going to get 20-plus about you Unless obviously the rails are right off at Doomben, and then you know she's going to be three back the rail, and it's just about impossible for her to you know get into the right part of the track. But I don't think that's going to happen. So it seems like fifteen dollars, sixteen dollars might be the ceiling for her. I don't think you're going to get much bigger about her now. Um, you know, it doesn't seem a, a sensational prep for a Group One over two thousand metres in, in my eye. But um, yeah, I don't think you're going to get twenty dollars plus about her. And the only way you do get twenty dollars plus is. A she parades poorly, which I don't think is going to happen. And B, rails is going to be off, which again I don't think is going to happen.
1: Oh four double nine seven three six seven three six. Jules, I have got a question for you. This is from David regarding Zaki. So you say that we'll get two dollars twenty two dollars ten. There's a few odds on favourites before him. Does the market adjust because uh, the multiplayers are going well and they're they're going into Zaki, or doesn't that really affect the market before a race? Oh, it can
2: have some impact yeah. on the race. There's no doubt in that. I mean, the bigger bookmakers and stuff will have big liabilities with their multi. So if if there's three or four shorties that um, are rolling into Zaki, no doubt that plays some impact into um, you know the liabilities for bookmakers. So then they're going to try and tighten the price up of these kinds of horses like Zaki, and uh, and that's that's what happens. But it's not a, it's not a big overarching issue. But it does have some impact on the prices late in the day for those shorties.
1: I know you love this, Jules. Golden Boom has been the boom horse this week. They open up at 350s into around, I think the best that you can get is around 210 now. What are you doing with this horse and what have you made of his move in race number five there for the three-year-olds, the Derby McCarthy there in Brisbane this afternoon?
2: It's significant. Yes. Um, and we think about Doom it a lot, but this gate one I think just... Gold for a horse like this, and the market's gravitated towards it. There's no doubting that. Really solid. I mean, I, I don't think it gets into the red, but it's short now, isn't it? I mean, if you're putting up five to two early doors, and I know there's been scratchings, uh, so there's probably been some deductions there throughout, but it is very solidly back. There's no doubt it's the best back runner um, at Doomben. And look, I don't think you're going to get better than 215, 220 from what I can see across the board now. Yeah. So Yeah, they're really really latched onto this horse. And uh, again, so it it points us into the direction that they think rails in run is going to be a a really important play at Doomben today. So it might be worth looking at horses that have drawn one, two, three, probably throughout the rest of the races and see if there's any value there that might not have been identified yet. But um, this horse in particular drawn gate one with its form profile they want to be with.
1: So Golden Boom they bet three fifty at the start of the week, and as Jules just pointed out, it's been the best go throughout this meeting so far anyway in Brisbane and Tony Golan joined me on giddy up there on Thursday and he was just this is the best for the day. this is the best of mine for the day clearly and he didn't hesitate so he's always had a big opinion of his horse golden Boom, so it'll be interesting to see what he can do Jules' I had a look and i'm I'm a man that um, enjoys doing following the racing and and having a look at um, some races but it's difficult to cover all of the races right across the country but I had a quick look at race number two because I'm a fan of this horse called Brigatine and I know that they, they better price their early doors but I deep dive into this race a little bit I know he's got an awkward gait but Jimmy Ormond will go forward on him I think I don't I think he's going to be awfully hard to beat in Brisbane today are they coming for him I know that they came for him. Um, in the middle part of the week, Brigadier team, but he just looks well-placed here for mine.
2: Yeah, and that's the thing when you're doing your map. So you see this horse draw a wide gate and you go, yep. oh, okay, it's terrible. But if if this horse has got the ability to be on speed and then there's not much else and it can sit OSL outside lead, then it takes away that disadvantage of the wide draw. So automatically after 200 metres, you forget about where it drew because its positioning run has negated that. So, And hence why I think... Um, the, the money has come for it. I will say that $2.25, 2, 25, $2. 20 you can see right now. I think you're going to get better than that. Okay. I mean, the damage has been done. This is this is a good go. There's no doubting that. I'm not saying this horse is going to get super soft in the market, but I think you are going to get better than the two twenty-five you can see right now. If you were the person that missed that early price and you'd want to be on, I don't think there's any need to rush in right now. I think throughout the day you're going to get better than that. But I think it's a good point you raise that don't just look at a wide barrier and go, okay, well, that's that's terrible around Dooman or or whatever track might be, like Caulfield on a dry track. Um, if you can get the position where you want to be, it's irrelevant. And after 100 metres, we'll find that out probably today.
1: And for the Saturday punters, punters listening this morning, Jules and they don't get a chance really to analyse the markets on a Wednesday. They, they just enjoy a pun on a Saturday, and they're they're listening to us this morning and they hear that Brigger team, We could have got four dollars on Wednesday or Thursday, and we could have got what three fifty with Golden Boom, and they really like those horses. Today and then they think they get dirty with themselves or you know that feeling as a punter in the state I can't take that price now. I miss the good price. What would your advice be to them?
2: Yeah, it's it's a really interesting one because I think the headspace of a punter is just so important, especially for a punter who's just playing on a Saturday. Um, they they bet sporadically. They don't bet all the time, and when they do over the bet, they they want to you know, get a good run for their money. You know. I, there's times when you don't want to be taking crazy prices that are poisonous, but with with a horse like this, that if you've, you've liked it, it's irrelevant what's happened Wednesday and Thursday and Friday. If you've missed it, you've missed it. Whatever price you think you want to take, just take it. Now, that's hard to get your psyche around when you see your mates getting, oh, I got $4, and you go, well, I've got to take $2.50, but if you still think it's a good bet at $2.50, it's a good bet. And that's what you've got to try and get your head around that, you know, forget about what someone else has got and wish them luck and and have an enjoyable experience for them. Um, But you've got to do what's best for you as well. So um, don't worry about kicking rocks, just try and find the gold. And and I think they're two
1: separate different ball games, punting midweek and then punting on Saturday. And I don't know about you, Jules, but, learning this caper throughout the years, I would probably recommend people, you like unless it's complete overs on a Wednesday or Thursday, I think the best way to punt would be on race day and the later the better because then you, yeah. can, you get all the variables placed in front of you and you've got more um, opportunity to get it right because you've got better information to make a better decision.
2: I 100% agree with that. There's no doubting that what you say is correct. And to be honest, you can see these markets for Saturdays that go up Wednesday and, and Wednesday night, you can see occasionally there's some errors from whoever it may be. and, and, and But they last for not very long, to no, be honest. They last for five minutes. So if you want to play in that ball game, I think it becomes extremely... Um, frustrating. Met, yeah, absolutely. Frustrating, hard on your mental space. And, <laughs> and so you got to, you know, work out what you want to do with your life. So I don't think you have to worry about being in that space and you can just... As you're right. As, as you say, I mean, you look at what's happened, you know, Wednesday we came out, we're on a heavy nine at Doom, but Now it probably looks like we're going to probably play on a, a soft five, good four. We know everything that's going to happen uh, for those three or four days. It's, it's given us more information and we go from there. Plus you get a little bit more market intelligence, which I think also adds to, you know, the pieces of the puzzle. So, um, yeah, there's many different ways to skin the cat, but I think uh, holding off sometimes is... Is very beneficial.
1: Now, Jules, just before we wrap up, Dubin, the BRC Sprint, you win this race, you're into the biggest race in Brisbane, the Stradbroke. It's a tough race for punters to work out. I think Cardinal Gem's got an awkward gate. We're talking about rails and run. Surely he starts better than the price that we're getting now.
2: Yeah, I, I think you're right there, um, that you're going to get a better price about Cardinal Gem. I mean, a horse like Bacchanalia looks like it possibly could tighten up. I'm just yeah. trying to get my screen to, to yeah. roll over. Here you go. So what is the market actually doing so right got, now? We've got Cardinal Gem
1: that's been solid throughout the day. Like he surprised me a little bit. He had good backing midweek and now he's around, you're probably shopping around $5 with most markets. Scalopini that has to carry $60 um, is around that $5, dollars five fifty 50 quote. And then you go down to a horse like Cold Crush who gets a low gate. And it's around that six dollar quote. Bacchanali has had some good backing. Um, he's as low as seven fifty with some shops, and as high as ten. So, it's an interesting market because a few of the emergencies that were in the market have come out, um, like a Clemento and a Munemac, and those type of horses that took up a bit of a percentage. So, an Exolita's had some good good backing. I know that we've had Chris Nelson and also Nick Ashman tip this mare, um, but she's drawn fifteen as well. So. Yeah, It's it's an interesting race.
2: No, it is. And I've got it now and it's it's very open. And look, I think, again, you look at what's sort of going to firm up and it looks like Coal Crusher. So we know that horse can sort of sit on speed. It's drawn gate three. So, again, it's getting back to what do we think is the pattern before even we see a race? What is the market trending towards that's telling us how we think this track's going to play? And it seems that it's going to be playing rails in run on speed. And that's without seeing a race. And that's what the market seems to be doing. Cardinal Jam's solid enough, isn't he? Like, um, at that kind of pricing around $4.80. I think he's going to get better than that. He's going to at least start with the five in front. is an interesting horse. Um, he's pretty solid around that $5 mark. We know he can roll forward from sort of that gate 11. Um, so, even a horse like Lady of Honour right down the bottom, uh, a little bit of support there. We know that horse can roll forward as well. But in saying that, you know, he's 21 into 16. I think he'll probably get better than the 16 as well. But um a very open race. It'll be the most open race at Doomham for sure, Gaz. And a really intriguing race for horses probably not up like not just today, but after today to where they actually end up.
1: Hundred percent. Nine twenty three. We'll take our first break. This is winners and the opening bell. Gareth Hall and Jules Valens from FoxcatcherIntel.com with you on this Saturday morning. O four double nine seven three six seven three six to join our conversation. We'll open up the lines. In about 20 minutes' time, one 48 Shot that number down, one 48 And I love this from one of our listeners. It's simple, Gareth and Jules. The person who gets the best price shouts, if it wins. We'll take a break and come back with plenty more straight after this.
0: Inglis in 2023, Australia's leading thoroughbred auctioneer. Sale catalogues online now at inglis.com.au. Live across Australia on SEN Track. This is Winners with Gareth Hall.
2: You know, we're heading in there with a fair amount of confidence and um, um, hopefully it's um, uh, a, a little bit of change of luck, um, uh, you know, if ever there's a horse that deserves it a him and um, uh, hopefully that means he can get the job done.
1: He's one of the good guys of racing, Julius Sandu. Some story from where he's been able to come from and kick off his training career, teach himself the game and today he could win his first Group 1 with his dream horse, the son of Schnitzel in Lofty Strike. He's been a little easy today, Lofty Strike, since I've woken up anyway, Jules. And the Goodwood is not a vintage Goodwood, but it's got so many wonderful storylines for mine still, like the Julia Sanders story with Lofty Strike. But we're here to talk about this market. And I'm confused about this race because I talk to the people that follow Adelaide a lot, and I just keep on getting different opinions on how this track will play. And then the rain's caused havoc over the last 48 hours. So... You're the God. Can you help me out, mate,
2: please? I'll I'll defer to JJ, James Jordan, who you'll have on this show a little bit later on this morning. He'll be your man who will have... being able to work out what's going to happen here because I think it's it's changed up a little bit. Even uh, I was talking to him early this morning. He was he was surprised they got so much. So he said, "There's no doubt there's going to be a lot of change in this market, and we're seeing it with lofty strike." As you said, he's he's soft in this market. Absolutely, um, you know, you could sort of get three dollars, three dollars ten, and not much else. Probably twelve hours ago, now you're getting three thirty, three forty, and if you like him, you're going to get better than that. And so what's happened? Well, they've come for horses that we know can get through it. I mean, Zapateo. Really solid, uh, and it shows as well. So, Zapoteo's drawn seven inches, about the widest gate. So, is there an indication now that the bigger guys think that you're going to have to be getting right off the fence? You're going to have to be out middle, past the crown of the track, yeah. Um, come race eight at more than on this continually uh, deteriorating track. So, maybe there's a little bit of a nugget there for, for the other races as well that that's possibly what we should be pushing into, but. Really good support for Zapateo. Really good support for another award all the way down the bottom. So it's been really solid. You know, $11, $12 now, $8. So, so, so and I don't Jules, think the $8 lasts.
1: So just on that then, that contradicts the market itself, doesn't it? Yep. Because another award will be ridden for luck back to the inside from that low gate. And she did defeat Zapateo home the other day in the Sankster. But she was – all the horses that finished one, two, three basically drew the outside gate. So – so are they having something each way? The punters are they confused? No. That's why I'm confused about this bloody yeah. race today. Uh,
2: yeah, absolutely. It's a tr- it's tricky, and and that's it's hard sometimes to work. Okay, well, why they're backing that? But is this horse with fifty two and a half kilos what they're looking at? We know that there's a major advantage with horses down the bottom of the way. not so much over a race, maybe over twelve hundred meters, but we do know the bigger players do trend towards horses right down the bottom on the minimum or even below the minimum. Obviously it's not below the minimum on a race like this. There's no apprentices that can claim, but yeah, there's different, as I said, many times, there's many different ways to skin the cat and which way they think, but they think, you know, on the min's going to be a positive push today for certain horses. Another award fits that. Zapoteo, we know that the best of Zapoteo is always on a soft seven, yeah. To worse. And it gets the right conditions. It probably got just about the right conditions in the sangster and didn't have much luck probably in that last 300, 400 metres. Um, so they want to push with it as well. But, yeah, the favourite, you're going to get a better price in that three thirty, three forty, from what I can see.
1: Does the lofty strike backers think, oh, we thought we'd get like a soft five around that, but we'll probably get worse today. And they're going to be racing on this track. Um, what well, they've got seven races before we get to to the Goodwood, and we go back and have a look at this three year old's effort on a heavy nine and in a, in a T J Smith. And the alarm, like he's had one start on a soft track, unplaced. He has been placed on a heavy before lofty strike, but I think it's fair to say that his best forms on a, on, a, on a firmer surface. Um, will that play? I, I would that be a reason why this horse is drifting as well?
2: Oh, I think it's the the, yeah. the main reason, to be honest, Gaz. I mean. As I said twelve hours ago, before this rain had hit, this horse I don't think this horse was going to start with the two in front. I don't think you, you were getting two eighty two ninety. I think yeah. was probably going to be your starting price. the lofty strike on a good track. It's now not. So it's a different variable. It's a different conditions. It's just how far the market's going to push him. I think they clearly having fifty four and a half kilos the best horse in the race. Best horse in the race doesn't guarantee you success with the many variables that are in a, in, in horse racing. So. You're going to get better than the 3.30, 3.40. It's now up to the punter to decide, okay, do I trust him on a soft seven or possibly worse? Because I know I've got some information to suggest that he doesn't go as good on a good. And now it's up to the punter to be able to work out whether they want to strike that bet. Um, and that's, that's the joys of the game.
1: The Wong form and the town plate form during the Wagga and Warrnambool carnivals could be coming to the fore here because A horse like a a Frankie Pino that's had a little bit of backing, would you believe, because he's got some terrific form on Rain Effector going. Even front page has been solid. Last one on this race, Jules. James Jordan pointed out, I found this really interesting, that the exchange has played a bit of a part in this, for this race because it's a group one day and they've started to to bet and try and back and lay horses earlier on in the week. I've, and the, the turnover has been really strong. Can you just explain that to the listeners, how that might shape the market as as we speak? And have I think more importantly, what have we learned from that?
2: Well, we've learned that um, they wanted to, to play horses like another award. So that was where some really early action was happening of late Thursday, I think we sort of noticed it yep. and, and, and sort of um, identified that. So all throughout this Morfittville card, the the exchange has really lit up on Thursday, which we found really interesting because there was nothing happening at Flemington, which usually does occur. Doom and Cups had some great activity, but outside of that, there was nothing at Zooming. But Morfittville, there was really... Um, there was fireworks, to be honest, from an exchange point of view. So it sort of was giving some thoughts and it happened last week as well in Adelaide and and JJ was saying that whoever's doing it was just about bang on the, they were taking prices and then those horses were really getting absolutely crunched. Um, Now that doesn't guarantee you success with the results, but it does show you where the prices might end up. So it was sort of good action. Another reward. Um, There was action, lofty strike. That was an interesting one, but now uh, you know, the conditions have changed a little bit. So that, that changes that, theory, So, but another reward was really solid in this market. The horse I haven't mentioned either, Gaz, um, that's been pretty solid is Kalos. Look, $8, you might get a little bit better than that, but I don't think you're going to get into the $11, $12 or anything like that about Kalos. It's the other horse that's sort of holding its place in the market right now in the Goodwood.
1: I didn't mind him, Kalos, and I'm like 1,200 metres genuine group one race, I think is a massive question mark on him. But if going to get a soft run with Mellon, who suits his horse to ride him like Benny Mellon rides, I think horse is best, when you can just cuddle him and just save him for one last crack at them. But whether the inside's the place to be, and if it is a rain-affected track, whether he'll get a 1,200 metres still, like a strong 1,200 metres that he might need to get in a race like this. So it's a fascinating race. There's no doubt about that. And looking forward to... Um, this year's Goodwood, and I think we've just got to monitor the track to see how it's playing and then make a decision from there. It's 9.34. We'll take the news, then we'll come back and have a look at Flemington especially and touch quickly on Rose Hill as well. And then after that, we'll take your calls, one 2355 We've got some prizes to give away. And 499 i will get to your text messages as well. And I am reading out the text messages. A few people asking me right now. Um... If I'm doing that, I will. But I'll do that towards the back end of this hour here on Winners. This is the opening bell. Foxcatchersintels.com very own uh, Jules Valance and Gareth Hall with you on this Saturday morning. Saturday morning. Great to be with you. Opening bell time, Jules Balance and Gareth Halls. We analyse the markets for some of the feature races across the country this afternoon. Jules, I don't know about you, but geez, I love, I love um, winter racing at Flemington. I've been a big fan of them um, with the, the new series that they've been able to develop for the different age groups and different um, distances that we can watch these horses compete over the winter. And I think it's been able, I think it's enabled horses to really announce themselves um, over the winter months. And I think it's a really good meeting today at Flemington. Once again, we've had a chat about how we think that this track will play and we need to monitor the times to see how, how rain affected this surface is there at headquarters today. What, race really stands out in your eyes that excites you from a a punting perspective or a market perspective Jules?
2: Probably a punting uh, sorry a market perspective is probably race 8. The 1600 metre race with pinstripes um, and obviously Keats and even to a lesser extent there's a few others that I think are really interesting now Pinstripe was really solid, but he's now becoming quite soft in the market. So that $3, you're going 2 dollars eighty, two dollars 90 you're going to get better than that about Pinstripe. And the really big push, and we saw it last time this horse ran first up, is for keeps. So it's obviously going to control this race from gate two. And again, other bigger players thinking that this track is going to be quite softer than what we actually are preparing for. Soft fire, we have really no issue, but... The way they're backing Keats here, it's as if, well, okay, we're going to be a little bit a little bit deeper than this soft five, so possibly getting to a six or seven. So already it's giving us that indication. Now, as I say, the times might tell us something different, but if we're trying to read the play before the ball gets bounced, this is what it's giving up. Uh, and really good support for Keats, really good support for Flash R. So anytime you see a horse around 250, 260 like Pinstripe was, and you want to say, is this horse going to drift or firm? Are they backing middle pinners, horses around it? They are. So They're with, backing horses yeah. like Flash R, Visionari, and they've come for the second horse in the market, Keats. So really good support around pinstripe, suggesting if you like pinstripe, hold off, you're going to get a better price than that two eighty two ninety now.
1: And we suggest speed maps are everything in racing. Not everything, but they play a major part. And so you look at this race, all right, then, Jules. So you look at the speed map, and Keats likes to be on pace, He can take it up, and if there's not too much pace, then he can dictate that race. When you have a look at this contest today, there doesn't look to be too much pressure or too many worries for Keats that he can really own this race up front. Is that how you read that play? And then you've got a horse like Pinstripe that is going to get back, and and Vajusefovic says he's flying at the moment, this horse, but at the back of his mind, he's concerned with the five weeks in between runs that could – and then Keats knows that probably, would you would you imagine? And Dicko and the team would do their form. And they need to get Pinstripe out of his comfort zone a little early to say, oh, okay, mate, then if you haven't had that run in five weeks, then we're going to really test your fitness today.
2: Yeah, absolutely. I think the key here is you know your own horse, the yeah. strength and where it lies, but also know the weakness of your main rivals and know where they they don't want to be. Where do you want to make them feel uncomfortable? And I think that's exactly what, I think the, camp, the Keats camp will be doing. I think they've got a little bit of a, a bonus too because I think is massive D-Day. He might have had D-Day the last couple of starts. But he's a horse that likes to roll on speed as well. And I think for them, this camp will go, let's sit outside Keats and let's see where this horse really is at yeah. and try and go with Keats and keep him honest, which I think plays into Keats's hands completely and plays completely out of Pinstripe's hands because, yep, between five weeks. Let's not forget Pinstripe was a huge win last start. But what was it off? It was off a quick seven-day backup. And we spoke about that, that it was going to be ready to explode. Now they have given it five weeks. Is it going to be a little bit soft? Are they going to write it a little bit more negative than what they did when they did win last start where they wrote it really hot and warm and sat in the first four or five, which we thought was important, and it came out and brained them. So completely different setup now for Pinstripe. And it does set up for horses that I think can control the tempo, get him out of his comfort zone early. And I think that's what you'll see with Keats. And in particular, I think Bizanari sitting outside Keats probably helps that. Um, It's going to be interesting. I think From a market perspective and even just a race shape perspective, I think this is a really fascinating race.
1: We'll go through the rest of the Flemington card as well. Jules has got some opinions on some of the other races in Rose Hill, and there's a few text messages coming through from Rose Hill. But... What we'll do is we'll take a break and then we'll open up the lines because I promise you I would. 1-300-2355-48, Best call of three. I'll give away t-shirt today. SEN track merchandise. You can have any color that you want. Black suits me best. It slims me right down, but the green looks beautiful and so does the white these days. So one three hundred twenty-three fifty-five forty-eight. Um four double nine seven three six seven three six. Is the number to text on. So we'll open up the lines now 1300 2355 48. This is the opening bell, Gareth Hall. Jules Valence with you on this Saturday morning.
0: Seize your moment with Inglis in 2023. Australia's leading thoroughbred auctioneer. Sale catalogues online now at inglis.com.au. Live across Australia on SEN track. This is Winners with Gareth Hall. Welcome back to Winners, Gareth Hall, Jules
1: Valance with you with opening bell. Thanks to Kilmore Toyota. Ready when you are, KilmoreToyota.com.au. you Kilmore Toyota, stocking Toyota pre-owned certified vehicles in English, Australia's leading thoroughbred auctioneer. one 48 one 48 The lines are open. 499 The sender's a text. Gupta from Albany is our first caller. Gupta, good morning to you. What question have you got today, mate? Or you might have an opinion. And how's Albany, by the way? What a beautiful part of the world that is. The land of milk and honey. It's
2: amazing (laughs) here this morning. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely great. What have have you got for us, Gupta? Um, Team Hawks backing up El Tivo within seven days. Well, they they want to race at Sandown?
1: That's it.
2: Seems it. Seems like they're a stable that doesn't normally do that.
1: No, they, they don't usually do that. And I don't know if you've got the facts and figures on that, Jules, but I know that they, and Wayne Hawkes pointed this out, that they didn't want to go to Sandown because the tracks copped to hiding over the autumn months and uh, they need to get this horses rating up because they think he can play a part in the spring. So is that concern you, Jules, with a horse like that? And what do you think the market will do with Altivo on the quick backup?
2: Oh, I think the market will love it. Um, There's no issue there from a market perspective. It's just whether they think he's going to be good enough. Um, I will say the camp's going really well, especially in the last, I'd say, 30 days in Victoria. I mean, they're about 7 from 40 going at around 19% and a high sort of market expectation, about 16 17%. So they're exceeding it. I love horses on the quick seven-day backup, a horse like this that stays down in weights. There's no issue there. Whether the reasoning is, you know, they want to stay away from C&N or whatever it is, that's irrelevant. It's just what we, the cards we play. But I think it's, from a form factor point of view, it's perfect. And it's a horse that can sit on speed. And if you look at today's race, we know Convener's a really good horse. He did a big number last start, but it's chalk and cheese really where they're going to map. though, on the quick seven day backup, it settled, probably settles in the first four or five, I think. Convener has to take their medicine, you'd think goes back to last. So it's going to get the map advantage. I think every favour from a form factor is with El Tibo. It's just whether it's good enough. That's that's the only thing that the punter has to worry about.
1: He's bloody good enough, Jules. I think he's the real deal. I know that you might have your question marks over him a, a little bit, um, but what price will he
2: start? Well, it looks it looks like you're not going to get black figures. I thought um, earlier in the week, I was happy to sort of take him on a little bit around that, you know, I was happy to sort of get into the black figures, but you're not. I mean, a dollar seventy, if you get to a dollar seventy five, that might be a spoil unless we see something really drastic happen to this track. But from what I can see now, he is really solid. Um, convener, who's second in the pig, so that's where we can see, okay, what's going to happen there, he's gonna be soft. The 310, 320 ten, three twenty, you're gonna get better than that. I think you get three fifty plus, probably about Convener. So um, and I can't see them really backing anything else at the moment, Gaz. So oh, if that... In count, I think $1.75 is going to be your ceiling, El either. We might have to go after 9 o'clock. The the lines are
1: um, heating up at the moment. I think we're getting confused a little bit as well with um, Hutchie. So, of course, off the bench. But um, I think we've got another caller through um, line two. Who is it, Oscar? Jordan joins us from Sydney. G'day, Jordan. Yeah, hi, boys. How are we? Good, thanks, mate. What have you got for us?
2: Yeah, so I've got a question for Jules, right? If I have a horse that's marked at a certain price, and as we were talking about earlier, leading it till late in the day to bet, if the market crunches it past the price that I've got it at, is it still worth a bet, or do you let it through to the keeper? Yeah, it's a great, it's a great question. I let it go. If it's, if it's not um, at my price, then I can't back it. Now, that's, that's because I play in a lot of races, so I'm always going to get another opportunity, another opportunity now. If if you're a you know not a punter that punts a lot and you you want to get that on you just got to be careful because if you end up taking unders about horses that you've marked yourself it can become extremely mentally draining especially if they do get beat and you just got to be disciplined so for me I don't do it um, I know others really like that they like that that if they've marked this horse three dollars and it gets crunched into two seventy or two fifty they're happy to take the 250 because it shows that the market intelligence is with them. It's just not something that I play into too much. That worries me taking unders about a horse that I've that I've marked at that price. I will say, if there's a horse that you've got marked 320 and it's sitting at 320, don't wait. Back it. Yeah. Back it as soon as it gets to your price, and don't think you're going to get a better price unless you can see a market um, drift. But you can also go again if you want to when that happens. But anytime it hits your price. You back it. Uh, don't be waiting at any stage for that.
1: Great question, Jordan. We'll take a break, 9.52. We'll come back with more of your questions. The text messages are flowing through. Um, we'll keep the phone lines open while we're on a roll. one 300 23 48 This is winners, the opening bell, Gareth Hall, and Jules Valance from foxcatcherintel.com with you.
0: Seize your moment with Inglis in 2023. Australia's leading thoroughbred auctioneer. Sale catalogues online now at inglis.com.au. Live across Australia on SEN Track. This is Winners with Gareth Hall.
1: Gareth Hall with you. This is the opening bell with Jules Valance from foxcatcherintel.com. Kilmore Toyota, ready when you are. kilmoretoyota.com.au. Kilmore Toyota, stocking Toyota pre-owned certified vehicles in English Australia's leading thoroughbred auctioneer. Hey, Jules, if it's okay with you, we might stay back another five minutes after nine because I've got to get through these text messages, we might take one or two more phone calls as well, one three hundred twenty three fifty five forty eight, but before that, we've got about a minute and a half before the nine o'clock news. Um any other horses that have been well supported that we should take note there at Flemington?
2: Yeah, in the first race, I think it's significant that they've really come for Riff rift rocket. Yes. So La Zebra was, and it was sort of equals, La sort of favourite, but La soft, 4.40, you'll get better than that. And Riff Rocket's been $4.60, $4.80 into $3, $3.10. It was a really good maiden number at Geelong on a soft track. They are bucketing into Riff Rocket. It, it's been a really big go in the first race. So um, backs up the number it did. They want to be with Riff Rocket, to be honest.
1: What about Sweeten the second? Has there been any support for that, Lindsay park train Galloper?
2: Not really. So six dollars out to seven fifty, and I think seven fifty becomes bigger than that. So if you like sweetened, you're yep. going to get a better price than what we can get right now.
1: And twenty seconds sire, they come for that Galloper first up for Moody today. Absolutely,
2: been a massive go. Um, It's getting a little bit, just holding its price around 240 250 but damage was done Thursday and Friday.
1: We'll come back with the, we'll we'll go to the news now, then we'll come back with Jules. I promise I'll get to your questions. We might take a couple more phone calls. This is winners on a Saturday morning in the opening bell.
0: The SEN app, now compatible with Apple Watch download today to listen anywhere anytime Australia's leading thoroughbred auctioneer sale catalogs online now at ingless.com.au live across Australia on SEN track welcome to Winners with Gareth Hall.
1: All here. And Jules Valance. Uh, we're just running a little over time with um, the opening bell, but I've got to get to your questions on the text line. 0499736736. Might have a, a, enough time for maybe one or two more phone calls. one 2355 48 Jules, not sure if you boys are taking messages. Yes, we are. But um, anyways, do you have a, a sensible way to have a punt on a day like today? I'm taking... I'm talking about picking a couple of winners or a small um, outlay throughout some multis. What would your advice be, Jules?
2: Stay away from the multis. If you want to be yeah. sensible, stay away from the multis. The more times you add a selection into your bet, the more chance of you getting um, rolled. And, yeah, just pick out two or three horses you really like. You don't need to put them in a multi and, and, and just go with that and, and see how you go. But th- that would be my my best advice is um, stay away from multis, mate.
1: Robbie from Teller says, "Gents has got a question regarding SP and a winning chance. If a horse is two thirty into $2, does it have the same chance as a horse that is seventy out to $2? Same SP, but one is a firmer and one is a drifter. I get this question asked a little bit, uh, Jules. Your thoughts there? It's an interesting oh, one.
2: Yeah, I mean, they're both, the SP is exactly $2. So, um, yes, I get that one's drifting and one's firming. Maybe you'd want to be with one over the other, but, at the end of the day, the result is they're both a fifty well. hundred percent, they're both a fifty percent chance of winning. So, yeah. the SP tells you that yep, they're both fifty percent chance of winning. Exactly the same.
1: Morning boys, quick one for Jules and Gareth. Uh, Redena is at Rose Hill Race Six. This is the Chris Waller galloper that they bet a big price, and now it's around two eighty. Um, has Jasper Franklin, who's a young rider, on due to his inexperience in the city. Will the big guys try to take him on late, and will I get say? Closer to $3, that's from Josh. Your thoughts there, Jules?
2: It's a really good question. Um, this time of the year on soft tracks, we know that the bigger guys actually really love the claim. In particular, if you were in the country, claims that are four kilos, Yeah. but also claims in the metro at three kilos, they really do trend towards. So I don't think you're going to get $3 about this horse from what I can see. I mean, Dream Owl is the only other horse that's really starting to firm up. And outside of that, no other middle pinners really firming up. So it means the favourite seems to be solid enough. It's a really good question, though, but especially if this horse, and I don't know the horse very well, is a horse on speed, they love claiming kids on speed um, because they can just let them go and they're very hard to run down.
1: And it's a different time of the year as well. I think that the bigger players don't mind backing these young kids on, on rain effect tracks and especially when some of the big guns say in sydney for instance they're in brisbane and adelaide today the bigger like the better
2: jockeys yeah and this is no disrespect to the other jockeys running in that race but you know there's not the, the other big jockeys the jmax and and the other ones they're all in doom and so the pool's diluted a little bit from the the yep. quality again no disrespect but yeah no they like uh, especially on wet tracks you're right um kids that can climb in the Metro is a big plus for those bigger players. I don't know if you had
1: a look at the first race in Sydney today, Jules, but what do you make of Celestial Legend and the price there?
2: I think you're going to get better than two forty yeah. dollars uh, At some stage, I think throughout betting, you're going to get a little bit better than that. So uh, I know they bet a bit, bit of a bigger price than that, but if you want to back it, I think you'll get better than $2.40 at some stage.
1: I apologise. We might have to have a team meeting and see if we can do this a little longer. Um, on the opening bell, but I am running out of time. Jules, um, are you a multiplayer or a trifecta player? He's definitely not one of those, I don't think, are
2: you, <laughs> Jules? No, I'll play I'll play Exotics quaddies on really big days, and I know the pool's massive, but I won't be playing into multis at all. Yep. It's just, as, as we said uh, previously.
1: And is a tissue a chance to knock off Saki today in the Dubin Cup, Jules? Why draw latest and was too far back? I think it's a great each-way play. That's my opinion. That's from Sean. Good on you, Sean, from Perth.
2: Yeah, I think it's it's the market's solid enough with the horse, so there's no knock from a market perspective. It's not spitting it out at all. So I'm not going to disagree and say, well, the market's heavily against you, mate. So, um, yeah, God speak.
1: All right, I apologise for not getting through all of them, but this is the last one. Royal Merchant was 25 yesterday, Jules, and it's almost half its price this morning. This is a, a galloper that's been up longer than you, Jules. Um, but Kira Mar and David Eustace on fire. Your thoughts there in the Goodwood.
2: That's quite an interesting comment because actually, do suffer from pipeism. So, anyone wants to Google you that, be like careful find that with out. your
1: sayings. I got stopped at the yeah. pub last night, and they told no, me about a no, no, saying that you it's said it's just... the other day, and I um, I choked on my Carlton draft. I couldn't believe how oh. naive I like I, I probably lived in a um, privileged world in a way that I didn't know that
2: saying anyway. It's a health condition. It's not a saying. What I'm saying, I've got pipeism. But anyway, look at the date. No, yeah, I wasn't right. meaning
1: That's that. I, I was meaning another. Yeah, you know.
2: Yeah, I, no, I'm aware. Yeah. Um, you would have slid <laughs> that schooner like a a uh, pelican so he's a pigeon I reckon um, ro- Royal Merchant yeah really well, really well supported what I will say in that race is this is a massive swing in the last 20 minutes Zapoteo is going to start clear favourite it is off the map absolutely okay. massive go and lofty strike is on the drift you're going to get $4 plus but um, yeah th- that has happened in the last 15 minutes since we've been on air huge push Zapoteo
1: what's your best and what's your best later day, Jules
2: Si, I'm really keen on Si in race three at Flemington. I've also backed uh, Rip Rocket in the first. I just love that form line of that Geelong Maiden. I think that's going to hold up. They're the two bets for me, and I'm taking on Pinstriped in, at Flemington as well. I just don't think the setup's as good. I know we, we liked it when it won last start, but you don't put posters of horses up on your wall.
1: Well, I do because I'm taking you on with Pinstripe today. What about... Um... I might, um, on Monday I'll bring in some coffee and Whitey owes me six vanilla slices? Cause he took me on with Port Adelaide yesterday with giddy up in Melbourne. So I'll give you three vanilla slices as well.
2: All right. Fantastic. I look forward to that. Beautiful. I love vanilla slices too.
1: Yeah. Beautiful. I know you do. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> on that note, have a wonderful day, Jules from foxcatcherintel.com.
2: That was fun. to See you, mate. There's
1: Jules Valance there.